Hi, you're listening to TV Donut. Thanks for checking in. My name's Piers Ray. Joining me as always is Saskia Werner. Excuse me. What? I don't get to say my own name. I was introducing you. That's... Uh... And also beside her is Hannah Davies. Hi. Would you like to say your own name, Hannah? I like it when people say my name. Yeah, Saskia, would you mind saying your name? No, I'm good, thanks. Wow, okay. Uh, well, this is TV Donut. This is the show where we watch the pilot and the finale of a first season of a show that we select at random, and we try to guess what happens in the middle of the season. Uh, we're three TV writers. We like to just use this as a chance to practice our storyline craft and skills. Sure. And today we're, we watched uh, Eureka. Eureka. Our Eureka. Very, Eureka, our very first Canadian show. Well, <laughs> it's not, not, it's not Canadian, show. but it's filmed almost entirely here in Vancouver. Well, Vancouver, what Chilliwack, isn't? and... Sorry. It's actually it's, on the uh, Sci-Fi Network mm -hmm. before they changed their name to Sci-Fi. 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 Uh, I don't know. I'm excited because we're in Vancouver and I was recognizing some locations throughout both good. these episodes. Did you guys? Yeah. No, yeah. I definitely saw a lot of places that they use regularly on a lot of shows they filmed around here like Battlestar Galactica, mm -hmm. Once Upon a Time. Mm -hmm. um, Flash. They call it outside the zone when you shoot outside of Vancouver. It's oh, yeah. Lingo for you. So Penticton and Chilliwack. And so basically anywhere outside of downtown Vancouver, yeah, and you get like a certain tax rebate and blah, blah, boring things. <laughs> I think that's fascinating. True personally. story. Uh, do we want to go over our overall opinions or should we just start it on the pilot? What do you guys want to talk about? There was about? one more thing I wanted to talk about oh. because I uh, recognized his name. Um, Mark Mothersbaugh did the theme for it. And he oh, did yeah, a lot from of, Devo. Yeah. So he cool. He did a lot of themes for Wes Anderson movies, too. And I'm like, whoa. Well, that, that was one thing. I was like, what? That actually added... My first reaction to this was I thought they were trying to ape Twin Peaks. Because the oh. music in this... I know, I know. It doesn't make any sense. But the music in this is so quirky. Like, it it's is. It's very offbeat. It's got all this light jazz throughout, which... Classic Mothersboro. It's an hour and a half pilot. Yes. Just like Peaks. And it's this... Well, two, two episodes, basically. Yeah, yeah. I... Man, that was a... Heck of a pilot. How about you? What did well, you... Just one more thing, too. It was another another show that we've watched that was canceled. We seem to be... Yeah, but after five seasons. After five seasons. That's a respectable run. And it was actually renewed for a six, and I think it was canceled, like, a week later. They said, no more. That's it. Ooh, that's mean. But they renewed it, and it may have been a little more than a week, but then they just canceled it, and it was over. That's very strange. Did I would be extremely upset it? if I was watching that show. And... Yeah, no. that's, a, that's a dick move to the fans. And the and the people working on it. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's the even bigger dick move to those guys. The ones expected the paycheck. That's all I had. What was your first reaction, Hannah? Uh, I the pilot definitely. I guess because it was two episodes, but it really felt like a standalone MOW to me. I guess maybe because it's got a lot of Canadian actors in it from this part of town, and and it's it felt like a self. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Self-contained yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, story. I mean, at the end, it did leave you with a little, like, oh, Jack's going to be on some crazy adventures now. Yeah. But there wasn't a lot of, um, like, unresolved questions. No. Mm -hmm. Then when we got to the finale, which was such an interesting episode for us to talk about, mm -hmm. uh, basically because we get, like, maybe two minutes of the real world and then they're pushed four years into the future mm -hmm. into a reality that might, well, we definitely know won't actually exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So nothing that we watched in the finale is real. It's all, <laughs> it, none of that happened. None of it. So 
I don't know. I, I... It's it's frustrating to watch only two episodes and have one of them be like, kind of like a dream sequence. Yeah, and more like fan service of like your favorite couples together and they're having a baby and you know you snap back and it's like none of that stuff was real. And I'm assuming in the actual show as it goes on, they do not get together. You think? I, I don't. I think. Well, we have a lot to we talk lot about, to Jack and Alice, oh, no, for yeah. sure. Before we even get in. But, yeah, I, I'm going to say it wasn't my favorite, but I think that it's one of those shows that would be easy to get attached to oh, certain yeah. characters that are your favorite. Um, the Sheriff Bill, who's mm-hmm. played by uh, Maury Chaikin. He's yes. so familiar. He's one yes. of Canada's greatest character actors. He's just an incredible man to watch. Yeah. So oh, he sells the, the smallest line in this. So fancy. He's, yeah, he's absolutely, I mean, he's very well respected, obviously, in Canada as, as uh, an incredible actor, but um, I don't know. It all, Most of the time, it felt a little cheesy to Oh, me. it's super it cheesy, was. and the show, <laughs> I don't think the show hates women, but I think that Jack Carter, the lead character, does. <laughs> really? Oh my god. <laughs> One of my oh favorite my scenes is the, the pilot? one where he's so he... rude to every woman he comes across. Sorry, Sasuke. No, no, no. It's okay. The one where he takes off his jacket and tries to hand it to Lupo. Oh, yeah. Lupo was amazing. I was like, your oh. jacket's on the floor. Like, that is one thing I really liked about this show is characters like like Lupo because there's just there's so many weird things yeah. off to the side that you wouldn't expect to see. That's and another interesting aspect of the details. show is that this town is filled with um, geniuses. Yes. Even the children mm-hmm. are, you know, smarter than the three of us put together. And you get to see all these weird inventions and, like, you know, that's what I yeah. kind of like the technology aspect of the show, even though the CGI was, you know. Hey, they won an Emmy for that. Pretty cheese. In 2006, that was kind of. They won out. it? I they thought won it, they spec- were nominated. But no, no, they won. Good. In 2007. Okay, let's read the synopsis of the pilot and then we will dive right in. Uh, after a strange accident sidelines Eureka's sheriff, U.S. Marshal Jack Carter takes over the investigation into the mysterious phenomenon that led to the death of a resident. Carter learns about the secret purpose of the town while trying to reestablish a connection with his angry and bitter daughter, Zoe. He develops a friendly working relationship with government liaison Allison Blake and meets some of the more eccentric residents of Eureka. I guess that turned out to be pretty okay. Mm-hmm. I just thought it, it was weird that it started with something that happens really later on. Yeah, in almost at the end of the episode, which is the accident. It's the accident, yeah. yeah with um, the sheriff. But it was a good it was also a major synopsis. in the army. Very confusing. So the show starts off with the Einstein quote. I yes. think that's our first show so far that's uh, we've had a visual voiceover instead of a. And I prefer it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind quotes. I, I you know, I mean, I I don't know. They, I mean, they're what pretty is, cheesy, but this is kind of the tone of the show. Yes, it was an Albert Einstein quote. Um, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. So is a lot. That is mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So uh, we're obviously being. Um, foreshadowing that just because these people are all the smartest in the world doesn't mean that they're making the best decisions. Yeah. yeah. And then we meet uh, Walter. Susan and Walter. Yeah, let's talk about them. What, what's going on with yeah, what's going on with Susan and Walter at the beginning of the pilot? Uh, they're your typical domestic couple. They're like a suburban husband and housewife. Typical. Uh, 
interesting well, choice of words. They're they're pretty bland, is what I'm trying to say. They seem they seem bland. Unhappy is yes. what I would say. She's screaming into some kind of device at him, like a little microphone. It's like it's midnight like a Star Trek device where mm-hmm. they communicate, like a communicator. A communicator. There we go. That's <laughs> the word. Thank you. Uh, and he's holed up in the basement working on his machine. machine. We don't know what he's working on at first. It's kind of a cold open, so we just know that it's a husband and wife kind of come to bed. Just another five minutes. Just another five minutes down here. The big reveal is that he's working on some. He's basically building a Stargate. Is he's what he's building looks a like. time machine. Yeah, kind kind of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, like the ta- it's a tachyon manipulator. I think so call. many words There's, that they, I know I spelled wrong and wrote down incorrectly. I wrote down understand. the entire quote later on that comes in the finale. I can read it now if you want to. Go ahead. Um, it's a lot right. of sci-fi gobbledygook. Yes, and show. I don't know if it's even remotely correct because I it's way over my head. Uh, it's time as we know it. The the machine does the following. Time as we know it ceases to exist, and the laws of physics break down at the most fundamental level. If we don't stop this, no one will be safe. Yes. Yeah, it's a ridiculous It's basically quote. going to suck in the entire universe. Yes. So, you know, interestingly enough, the problem they're having in the pilot is the exact same problem they're having in the finale. Which basically. I liked. I felt like, yes. great, the, yeah. the, well, the opening incident is still relevant at the end of the season. Yeah, and although they're really not really related, um, they, you know, go back to Walter... For help in, yeah, in the finale. In the finale. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about that later. So, Walter's machine go boom. It Yeah, it starts fracturing on him. And then we do a quick jump from there. Yes. The, it does, the camera does a ridiculous pullback above the town and then zooms back in further over where yeah. we meet our main character. Jack Carter. Federal Marshal. Yeah, he's a federal marshal, just like our favorite person, Raylan Givens. True. Mm. Uh, mm. He is mm. what we know at that point is um, escorting a prisoner who's this tiny little blonde girl mm-hmm. back to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And because of the boom, uh, they crash. No, it's the dog on the road. Right? Of yes. course. Do, we, do you know what the dog's name was? The dog's name was Lojack. But Lo-Jack. is that the same? Yeah, that was that's the same dog. Right. Yes. Uh, oh, that's the, the same, same dog. The same dog keeps popping up throughout yes, the story. Yes, it does. There are hyper intelligent dogs in this show. A big selling point. For and me. one one a character big, big says point. the dog is the devil himself. Yes. <laughs> this that guy's name I never got, and I Taggart. Taggart. Yes. Uh, Thank you. You're talking about the New Zealand. Uh, he's kind of like a game warden for this small town. And yeah. The dog is his nemesis, and it's sort of implied that they've like they've like tussled in the past, and he has not come out the victor. Yeah. And how did he miss that shot? That dog was digging through that garbage, and he lined up that shot for so long, and the, the dog walked away really slowly, and but he ends up shooting the guy in Vincent. LA. He shoots Vincent, okay, the guy yeah, He's the, the one whose name I could never catch. Vincent works at the diner, and he's a great character. He is. Yeah. Uh, local actor, I, I believe. So yeah, they, uh, Jack and Zoe crash. Uh, we later find out that Zoe is Jack's daughter. She's a runaway. He's recovered her yet again. She was arrested for impersonating a flight attendant. How do you do that? How hilarious is that to try as a teenager? Well, I mean, I we know that. Leonardo DiCaprio got away with it. In, in the you 50s. Can. True. Or very the 60s, true. Maybe the 60s. But there is a famous story that's going around about that American woman that's constantly trying to get on flights she doesn't have tickets to, and she's gotten on seven different airplanes. Wow. Already. 
Okay, that's pretty incredible. It's yeah. insane. Usually out of like San Francisco or San Diego, she's been arrested for it a dozen times. And I think she's homeless. <laughs> and she's gotten on many planes. I don't think she's been uh, pretending to be a flight attendant. I right. think she's pretending to be a passenger. It's just, it's crazy to me to think that post 9-11 someone... Like that's sneaking on yeah. and in person. I don't think it's plausible. No, but it's yeah, but, but, the it, thing is, but she it's is not a really. Kid. It's, still, she that's also, what makes it even more. She's like fourteen. She didn't this. make it. She got caught. That's so true. It's not like that's she true. got away with it. Okay, that's fair just enough. what she got arrested for. So then we see uh, Susan and Walter and their son, who I wrote down, uh, Klepto son, because he's in the the gas station, like stealing yeah. all the candy bars. So they're at the gas station. Their son is stealing. Uh, Brian, yes. Yeah, Brian, they're right. trying to escape. They're trying to run out of town, right? Mm-hmm. Their RV is full of packed up boxes, and uh, everyone's suspicious about what they're up to. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, kaboom, there's a huge hole in their RV. Mm-hmm. We also, yeah, and no, Brian is back. missing. Bas- yeah, well, it's like a temporal disturbance opens in the back of their car. Something like that. It's a, yeah, the, yeah. Blue, the liquid thingy. It's, which is kind of a neat effect in this. It was. There was one moment, and I think it was part of that. At the end of it, there was a huge, terrible, terrible CGI. I think it just, it they skipped a couple frames or something, and it went from one thing to another, and it was just gone. I'm like, holy crap, that was terrible. Yeesh. I'm going to give them mo- like, as much credit as I can for the it CGI, because it's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good, I agree. Especially considering it's already, like, all, it's more it's 10 years old now. Yeah. Right? Almost. 2006? Yeah, yeah, almost 10 years old. Um, it, the and there, only it was heavy on CGI. Oh, so much. That's, uh, yeah, it's was, expensive to do. For I was sure. reading that apparently they bumped a bunch of content that was going to be in later episodes up to the pilot, like doing some, some recuts in ADR, just to try to get... So I feel like this episode is jam-packed full of as much crazy science stuff happening as they could get. Right. So there's a huge search uh, for Brian. Oh, one more thing that happened in that particular scene that enraged me to no end. The kid, uh, Brian, they have a beautiful dog. Yes. And uh, it's in the RV with him when this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thing starts to happen. That's all I need to say about that right now. Okay. But just so that it's been mentioned. <laughs> that there was a dog in there? there, there was, was a dog. dog. Yes, their dog, his dog was with him in the car when I this thing happened. I didn't even happens. notice that. Uh, which then gets killed. Yeah, I know. No, no. I know. I was hoping we'd get to this eventually. They kill a dog in this episode. They kill the dog. Really. They and ki- horrifically. It's like all that's left of it is like a burned skeleton. Oh, is that with like the cows and stuff? No, no. it was in the RV when they go later, to the forest. Later when the sheriff and the Aussies in the back half of the RV. He's yeah, and they were yeah, talking. That's where the cows and stuff were. New Zealand frozen cows. No, that's 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 later. That's the dog. They talk about it. That's later. They talk about the skeleton, and they were like, "What is that?" This is a long like, episode, so a lot of things pile yeah. up. Yeah. So with the search for Brian, we uh, meet his uncle, who is Sheriff Bill Cobb. Yes. Yes. Reference, and then his deputy is uh, Joe Lupo, right? And she is, she's pretty tough, tough as nails lady. She's mm-hmm. tough. It's clear immediately that she's not just a deputy. Like, before we even know what's going on fully in this town, uh, we just know that something's a little odd. Like, she's reading Modern Mercenary magazine, and the next time we cut back to her, she's building one of her giant guns. And mm-hmm. she just has these enormous, yeah, like, crazy cartoon. big guns, which I thought were going to do something other than to shoot bullets. They just shoot big bullets. They were so big. And I was like, oh, this is going to be like a weird, like, Star Wars gun. You know, <laughs> they were just regular guns, but they were just really giant. It was very strange. The show is pretty cartoony. I like her, though. I like We it also too. meet Spencer and Henry, who are the two guys who work at the garage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Henry, Henry yeah. 
is played by Joe Morton, who oh. I saw at my office last week. I tried to get everyone together to kill him so that he would never be able to start Skynet. But <laughs> nobody was behind me on that one, and we just let him walk right out the front door. Thanks, so, guys. Sorry, guys. Great. I tried. The future is lost because of... We're at her back Yes, my coworkers don't want to come to murder <laughs> during their work day. I mean, unbelievable. You should ask them after hours. He was pretty cool, though. Yeah. He was very sweet. He's great in this, by the way. Uh-huh, yeah. He's one of my He's, favorite characters. I mean, there's so much to talk about with him. Like, he goes from the pilot being this, like, kind of kooky garage guy. He tows cars. He goes out to help Jack. Yeah. And then when we see him in the finale, not only is he running this, like, huge government agency... He's also, like, a professor at uh, Zoe's school. Like, he's giving the... Oh. I wasn't sure if that... I thought... I wrote it down originally that he was, like, the principal or whatever at the school, but then I thought maybe he's just an honorable speaker. Well, his wife, Kim, who we don't meet in the pilot, no. we do meet in the finale, uh, is... She calls him the nutty professor. Oh. So I think he's, at very least... A teacher at the school, which yes. I mean isn't strange for scientists to also teach, yeah. but he was well, the first time we see him. He's a mechanic with like dreadlocks. Yeah. Well, to be and to be fair, in the pilot, a lot of the first half of the pilot is before they've kind of accepted uh, Jack. Like a lot, everyone has a different, like a separate role aside from what their real job in the town is. Like yeah. Beverly is a innkeeper, not a therapist, right? For example, or a psychotherapist, whatever she calls herself. I thought she was a sex therapist for a while. Uh, everything she talks about worst. is sexual. I was like, in the book, oh. so strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so we, Hank's working as he's working part time as a tow truck driver, and part time he's developing his magnetic lift thrusters in his garage with his. Creepy assistant. Right. So Spencer, who was one of the characters I really liked in the pilot, he was kind of like the dorky kid that worked at the garage. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't appear in the finale. No, he doesn't. So what do you guys think happened to him? Uh, you know, I just feel like they didn't have enough time in the finale. He's probably, like, he's a minor, he's like a third string character on or the he, show. Yeah, I would say that he, yeah, he probably, He's definitely yeah, entirely maybe. for comic relief in the pilot. He is pretty He doesn't funny. do anything. There were... I see, I kind of expected him to die in the pilot, but I feel like it may not be that kind of show. Well, I don't actually, think it's that kind of show. Yeah, but... I don't know, because there were, there... there were so many instances where something blew up, and there was an opportunity for somebody to die, and nobody did. Well, and it just some kept... people died. They had their first fatality in the pilot, when, and when the diner has... Um, oh, there was fatality. Yeah, they there. mentioned that, it's, that that was oh, the yeah, first right. time someone's died. It's a no-name character, though, and... That's such a ridiculous thing. Okay, well, let's just pretend, though. For just yeah. pretend's sake. Like, okay. what could have happened to him? The cool thing about this TV donut is, like, in this universe, anything could have happened yes. to him, right? He mm -hmm. could have, like, just like Willy Wonka, like, could have swallowed, like, one of those blueberry pills and, like, <laughs> rolled into a giant blueberry and then flown away. Like, anything could have happened to him. Uh, I think he's probably still working with Hank on whatever Hank's doing. Hank? I don't feel like... You know, we know what Hank was doing. The entire finale know, was following Hank's life. We know, but we were following Hank? Hank's, uh, Hank Deacon. Henry? Sorry, Henry Deacon. Henry Hank, you know. Hank, okay, continue, yeah, please. I shorten it. Henry, Henry Deacon. I think he's still working with Henry Deacon. In, in the Henry we see in the finale is a doppelganger. He's not the, he's not necessarily, like, he's a parallel universe Henry. Right. Who ceases to exist when that episode ends. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um, and he is totally different in the finale. He dresses only in black. He doesn't have any of his eccentric colors. He's even more kind of like, he's more restrained. 
He's less a completely affable. different person. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we do find out that you know what motivated him was the death of Kim, mm-hmm. of his wife, um, in 2006 to spend the rest of his life putting himself in a position to be able to go back in time and stop that from happening, which is what causes this crazy time rift in the finale. Yes. Is it, I feel like when, mm, yes, I'm sorry. Now I've lost my, you lost your train. Completely completely crashed. That's okay. Uh, So we meet agent Allison Blake for the first time as well. She shows up and tells Jack, she works for the DOD, the department of defense. Mm -hmm. Jack, of course, cannot, like, they can't keep Jack away from this anymore now that a boy is missing and they formed a search party. Yes. So he's not he's... just going to leave town with a child missing in an RV in two pieces in two different places mm-hmm. with no explanation whatsoever. Uh, but he also has his daughter, like, locked up at the local, like, jail cell. It's like, She's wouldn't having... you want to get her out of there as fast as possible? He seems to be in no rush. Plus, <laughs> another thing that makes this show so cartoony is how comfortable Zoe gets in the jail cell by the end. Like, she yeah. turns it into a little bedroom for herself. Oh, I know. And she's hanging out with a deputy. Like, by the end, they're best friends. She was one of my favorite characters. Zoe? Zoe? Yeah. I really liked her. I warmed to her by the end. Yeah. Uh, Allison has a great line. She says she doesn't like to repeat herself, which mm-hmm. kind of sets the tone for, like, her character. And uh, she also says she's going to handle Jack. So immediately we know they're set up to have, like, sort of some kind of chemistry and some kind of relationship. Okay, so this is where they made a Bridges of Madison County joke. And I thought, who was the show for? What was the joke? I can't. There's just a reference to, um, I, I don't know. I didn't write it down. I just, they made a joke about the Bridges of Madison County and it was between Allison and Jack. Oh and I God. was like, about the book or the film? What? It doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. That's like a, a 50-year-old lady reference. I, I don't know. This, this, show, this has got a lot of kind of old gags in it. It was I mean, okay. a lot of the jokes still land for me, but some of them are, some of them I are fun. I just didn't get who that reference was for. You know, this show is classified as a partial comedy, and I didn't find anything funny. A partial comedy? Well, it's comedy, <laughs> drama, sci-fi. Uh, See, I don't know. I, yeah, it's a weird categorization. No, yeah. But there was a, there's a Jack lot of funny was bits. non-stop cracking jokes. He was they just weren't See, that's funny. part of the reason I don't like Jack. Funny. He's but not... I think they were supposed to be funny. I don't yeah. think he was not supposed to be funny. I don't know. I thought he was supposed to be... Like, he's supposed to... He's kind of set up as the dumbest person in town. I think town. there are definitely some that like aren't landing on purpose. Yeah. But I think others are like, they think those are, I don't know. That's part of the reason I didn't like him. Especially in this conversation with this Def- Department of Defense woman. I feel like he's just condescending to her the entire time. Yeah, and then later she becomes his wife. Oh. Pregnant with his baby. Oh, in magical future land. Also, that outfit she's wearing, completely inappropriate for the situation. So that's when we first also meet Beverly. And she runs the inn, like you said. She's also a therapist. Um, and she's also, I guess it's not till the end of the pilot that we find out she's, she's bad news, right? Yes. That's yeah. When we, she definitely is giving off a weird vibe, though. Yeah. She's like, a, she's a creepy person. She comes on to him extremely Well, she asks about his sex life with his ex-wife. The minute like, he says that was the problem. She's like, was it the sex? Yeah, and then that's she why I thought she was a sex therapist, oh. because then she's later, I don't know if it's in the finale when she's, t- no, it must be in the pilot. She's talking to um, 
Walter. Walter, thank you. Who's and on the verge of revealing some big secret. He, uh, they talk about sex, too, with his wife. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck? That was... Well, was, was there a clue in there? Because when, when he was talking to Beverly, I thought she, they were legitimately just patient and doctor. But that could have potentially been the reveal. I, I'm a little confused about what happened with Walter here. Because as he's talking to Beverly, he's saying, you know, I thought I could handle this thing. I just... Then he's saying that he went to some outside group for assistance. Yes. Now we know by the, I'm just going to say this now, yeah. we know by the end of the pilot and by definitely more by the end of the finale that Beverly, this uh, therapist, also works for some mysterious group called the Consortium. Yes. Who seems to be trying to get access to uh, Eureka's scientific development. Especially Section 5, which is a mysterious part of Eureka that... Uh, you know, is is hyper classified. It's the so. military only, wing. Does right. only Warren have access to it? Just weapons. Uh, no, I don't think so. Obviously, lots of people work in there. Yeah, it's just that nobody seems to know what's going on in there. I mean, in the finale, they make a list of people with access who also have the knowledge to make, um, you know, a time disruptive machine, mm-hmm. and that list is two people, and it's Warren. And Deacon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. And we find out Warren's been gone for four years. I mean, not really for four years, but for four years since the future. But uh, what was I saying? Is that Beverly's conversation, she... <sighs> Let's just say that she works for the consortium for now and, and move on from there. I don't want to talk about the very end of the pilot just yet. Yeah. So, uh... One thing I thought was really funny was they called Zoe Felon Spice. Oh, I wrote that down, too. I thought that was adorable. <laughs> that made me laugh. So, yeah, speaking of Section 5, there, so there's, they, there's a missing chip. Someone has stolen a chip from Section 5, which is the secret military um, part of Eureka. Yes. Uh, where, assumingly, they, they make, you know, scary weapons for war. And so, yeah, what we know is someone on the inside has stolen the chip and given it to Walter to help him build his own time machine. And it, it's implied that it's Warren, right? I don't know if we ever... I mean, Warren, he, he says he's going to do a thorough investigation. He claims there's no way it could have come from, from inside Section 5. I think he's the only one of the characters that we meet who does have access, like you say. Obviously, there's other people. Have, sorry, have we specified that Warren is the one running Eureka? Yeah, no, no. I guess he's not. Let's just... I want. I like to establish their role. So he, he doesn't appear to be in charge, in charge. He seems to be working in unison with yeah. the sheriff and the Department of Defense with Allison. We haven't met him yet. Professor Warren King... And then he has a uh, assistant, Douglas Fargo. Douglas Fargo. Fargo. Yeah. Do we do really we know too. who's running the company? Uh, well, I think it's he a is, government. Right? Insta- it's a government installation, all in all. That's why the government has. I mean, we could should quickly say Eureka. Basically, uh, they when they finally bring uh, Jack there, they give him sort of the history that it was developed right after World War II. Mm-hmm. Einstein encouraged um, the two people who established it to uh, bring the world's greatest minds together in one place and to keep it a secret. So it's, yeah. it's hidden, basically, by some like weird force field. Um, you have to go over like a bridge that, that has a hole in it, mm-hmm. and um, nobody knows it's there. But everybody in this town, sort of like a Silicon Valley town, yeah. is like working, basically, in or for this company. And the real problems seem to come when... Because... The, only the scientific facilities are behind this force field, right? I, I feel like the town itself is outside of the force field area where the mm-hmm. scientists live. 
but that's also where everyone seems to be taking home projects to work on. So anyone who works behind this portfolio is just like stealing parts to jerry-rig like crazy devices. Yeah, it's created a lot of problems in the past. They do mention that this incident with Mm. the uh, missing back of the trailer isn't the first time they've had problems in the town with things going awry. Uh, We get introduced to Colonel Briggs. He has a really funny line where, like, he gets a phone call in the middle of the night. Something's gone wrong in Eureka. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, call a meeting with all the Joint Chiefs of Staffs and say the subject is I told you so. Yeah. (laughs) It was really funny. I really liked him. Do we we get uh, an idea of which part of the... Like, we know that Major Briggs works for the military, the arm that oversees Eureka. Does he have... Do we get anything else about him? He really just comes in as a threat of a higher power. I think he's in the army. Oh, he's definitely in the army. He's a general, right? And uh, eventually, yeah, he brings in all his um, little soldiers, the National Guard, and and, uh, says that, you know, it's a national security emergency. Mm. Uh, But yeah, we don't learn too much more about him than that. How Eureka exactly works is still, it's kind of a mystery. Yeah. You know, like, who's supposed to be looking <clears throat> after it? All these different departments are involved. <laughs> is the company called GD? Yeah, oh, God, GD. As soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, I bet that stands for Global Dynamics. Yeah. Guess what? In the finale, it stands for Global Dynamics. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Very generic. Super. It's so hard to get, like, names of companies like that cleared, though, because it can't sound like anything that might sort of be real. Totally. Uh, so Jack, he finds some weird crop circles, and then Taggart shoots him with a... Crank dart. Mm-hmm. Weird is a good word for for that. Yeah, it's not just crop circles. Like it's it's, it's burned the, up animals. Yeah, like cows that are completely calcified. They, and one of them is like white. half burned. And yes. you can yeah, you can see the inside of the cow. It's pretty gross. So essentially, there's like these little very all the dead. trees are dead and white, all charred and and they later carbon date them and say like it's it's like between twelve and twelve thousand years, right? So they can't understand. It's like it doesn't make sense to mm-hmm. them logically in terms of like the rules of physics. Yes, uh, that's when we get the whole speech about the devil dog, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. And then Jack just flips out and he's he's had enough. He wants to know what the heck's going on. Yeah, Jack. Jack, Jack, Jack. I mean, I, I can't say I'm surprised he doesn't know what's going on. He's kind. He does so many stupid things. Like I, we we went over this, but when he's uh, looking, when they're looking for Brian, who's still missing and no one knows where he is, uh, and they find that bloody handprint in the RV. It yep. looks like blood in the shot. Yep. Uh, and we're led to believe it's blood. He reaches out and he licks it. Which was gross. Which is super gross. And, um, like, we'd seen the kid eating a chocolate bar just before he disappears. So he you have stole a, a lot of chocolate bars, as I already mentioned. The guy's a little shit. Yeah. He's a klepto. He's a little, he's a jerk, this kid. Well, also, but, he's uh, hiding the entire time, which we have not stated, yeah, inside okay. the RV. That's how they find him, is by this hamper. He's hiding inside the RV. Which, and he's also, also smiling. Also, <laughs> also, why is it that I find it slightly implausible that no one, none of these geniuses thought to, like, search the RV for him. Well, maybe, I mean, yeah, but when half the RV's missing, it's just like a panic, right? I I don't know. It's a panic, but see, it's a panic in a town that should be prepared for anything like this. Well, they don't seem that surprised that it has happened, and they also don't seem that concerned that the child might be dead, just that he's... 
what I thought else, right? Yeah, and they never so, even bring that up as a possibility. Well, They're and that's like, the thing. Maybe that it has happened before, and no one's been killed. So it's they don't think that that it's they just think they need to find him. Mm-hmm. And he certainly would have been dead. Yeah, it depends as, on where he was standing. I guess right? seeing what would happen with the dog. Yeah. Oh, okay. Muffin. <laughs> before we get too far away, the point I'm trying to make is he sees a handprint. On the wall, and he licks it. Yes. Even if he knew it was chocolate, why are you going to lick someone's chocolate hand off the wall? Not also, necessary. it's still That's... a crime scene worth evidence. And he just said, don't Marshall. disturb evidence. I know. Oh, my licking it God. Off the wall. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. So the next sort of temporal shift opens up right in Sheriff Bill's living room. Mm-hmm. And he kind of gets swallowed into it. Yes. I thought he was dead for sure i thought both of them i first thought the kid was dead and then i thought the sheriff was dead mm-hmm. it was like at the least that's gonna happen here he's gonna he's gonna lose his leg because you saw it actually get right. sucked in there which we find out we do see him later with like a cool robot leg that looks pretty good it did awesome. pretty good and he i want to so say shiny. he looked like he did a great job with this scene but when the cg and the human actors are so close together like he doesn't move from the chair as he's being sucked towards this um, point, like it's just him reacting to the floor opening under him. Gotcha. So it's uh, it's he's doing great work, but well, it's very obvious. He doesn't know what obvious. it's going to be look like, right? Yeah, it's so yeah. hard to like. Yeah, definitely. So they make Jack sign a non-disclosure agreement. They finally bring him over to Eureka. Welcome to Eureka, bitch, as they would say in the OC. Uh, we talked about how that place got started. Allison, uh, when Jack says, you know hasn't there been any kind of like long-term consequences or serious problems she makes a joke but i think she's being serious that they caused global warming yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's like, a good example of okay great science out of control somehow uh great i suppose so yeah we meet professor king and fargo and uh he explicitly says he's not that upset that mm-hmm. sheriff bill has been injured but he has to fake it mm-hmm and they clearly have some tension. We see them arguing earlier. Yeah, uh, in the woods. About how best to deal with Jack. And immediately I thought that Warren was going to be a villain. Yeah. And he just has that... You know what? It's set up in a line where Fargo's talking to him that about... Fargo, his assistant, is talking to Warren about the sheriff being in town. And he hints that he, well, he must be here looking for a fugitive. Why else would a federal marshal be here? Yeah. And Warren looks incredibly Nervous. uneasy. Definitely. So, and he's oh. not in the finale. No, he's disappeared and nobody seems to know where he is. I think the two possibilities, which is maybe what we should talk about now, is, is like you said, one, he, he was hiding mm-hmm. and disappeared when he thought he might get discovered. Or did Deacon kill him or to someone. get access to... Because oh. they talk about uh, a lot in the finale that De- Henry um, Warren was standing in his way of, and, and that he went after Warren's job once he disappeared. Like, all these... They sort of dropped a lot of hints that um, it was in Deacon's best interest for Professor King to be gone. But Warren... I mean... Henry doesn't seem like a murderer, though. No, not to me either. And Warren doesn't. Warren also doesn't seem like a bad enough person in the pilot. Like he works to help. He's a fantastic Stop actor. Him. I can't remember his name. Oh uh, yeah, he's uh, like a poor man's Greg Kinnear. He What's was this? on Alan McBeal. Mm-hmm. Pull him up. Absolutely fantastic. actor. On the first scene we meet him in, he's he's in that virtual world fighting. Yes. Oh yeah, that he's was in a cool. hollow suite doing some. He's wearing a samurai mask and fighting, doing some kendo stick work and fighting his uh, assistant Fargo, who's 
split into three. That yes. was so silly. It was <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, it was. So, uh, to me, it sort of felt like they were setting up a bit of a possible love triangle between Professor Warren, Allison, and Jack. In the That's pilot. so funny. Yes. Yeah. I thought that there was going to be a love triangle between Jack, Allison, and Beverly. Or possibly Joan. Well, well, he does end up kissing Beverly in the pilot, but oh, right. I feel like she just uses sex to kind of further her agenda. I oh, don't think she's completely. really interested in a romantic relationship with him, where yeah. I feel like Dr. King sort of, you could tell there was something going on between him and Allison. Totally. Or perhaps had already happened. That's what I mean, yeah, that there's some kind of existing relationship, or that he's expressed in the past that like he's <laughs> interested and she was not. Yeah. So yeah, they had their first fatality at the diner, and that is when Colonel Briggs uh, finds out that everything is going wrong. Uh, Walter confesses to Beverly that, quote-unquote, they helped him. Uh, Jack tells Beverly that he separated from his wife, Abby. Um, He basically says that she kind of wanted him to take a desk job once Zoe was born Mm -hmm. and, you know, take himself out of danger, and he just wasn't... Uh, she just couldn't do it. Yeah, Zoe says he's a workaholic, and... Yes. So, Professor King finds the point of origin, he believes, where all of these weird disturbances are coming from, and of course, it's mm-hmm. the machine in Walter's basement. Which I guess he never bothered to turn off. Well, he's yeah. locked himself down there trying to fix it, right? That's what uh, Susan tells them when they show up. Yeah. And that's when Lupo pulls out her very... Big gun and all the little army men show up. And they get in there and Walter's machine is out of control and it's taken Walter with it. Yeah, Walter is floating above it. Floating above it and then he vanishes. And I assumed here that this was the end of Walter. I did not see him vanish. Yeah, he disappeared, right? Yes. I thought he got like sucked into it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Both Walter and Susan die in the pilot, at least... At least it seems that way. Susan yeah. gets murdered by Beverly. And they do talk about Walter in the past sense later on in that episode. It's like, oh, did I yes. miss his death? Because I was confused. What happens is they need his plans to fix the situation. Mm-hmm. And they're missing a part of it because it blew up in the explosion. And they mm-hmm. can't ask Walter because he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah. So... Uh, the army puts everybody under quarantine. Jack escapes to go get Zoe. Um, and then they're desperate to figure out this formula, and Jack has an idea. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I've seen someone do math before. Guess yeah. who he's seen? He's seen Allison's autistic son. Archimedes. And Ar- oh, yeah, I forgot his name was his Archimedes. Name's Kevin. He's just standing beside Archimedes, the statue. <laughs> That's the nickname that they call him. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. he's, uh, he's a savant, and, uh, when Jack first meets him, he's... For some reason that is never explained, he's writing out the exact same formula in the street in yes. chalk. So why is he also working on this? I have no idea. It's very strange, he's, but it's... Allison says he doesn't really talk to people he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. This, um, is why I, this is why I thought they were setting up a love triangle with Allison, right there. I mean, they have a, a nice moment when they're first doing the detective work together and driving around. and uh, But this is the moment where... Um, she, he says, oh, I was talking to your son earlier. She says that, oh, he never talks to anyone. Yeah. It's, and that's the first time she actually sees something good about Jack and is actually impressed because it's And kind that's of crazy. also the point where we find out that the kid has autism. Yeah, that's really shoehorned in there. Yeah. Yes. 
So they figure out the equation. The machine once again goes boom. There's mm-hmm. a lot of machines going boom yeah. on the show. <laughs> they're not great scientists. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, they're experimenting. I thought it would. When that thing exploded, it exploded over the entire town. Yeah. And I thought it. It. They were gonna be. I don't know. I thought hold it was going to turn we're, into some we're skipping kind of ahead. Like, what you what you said, what you're talking about is when they fix the, the device. Moon. Yeah. It doesn't like the machine doesn't just explode though. It sends up that it's energy. Orb. It, that it creates like about. an energy orb that leaves the science center, goes above the town, and dissipates the entire tachyonic storm that's been building. Yeah, there. it's counteracting the problem. Yeah. So yeah, it seems like it's going to blow stuff up, but it's actually like absorbing the bad energy. So yeah. there won't be any more weird time. Time can. <laughs> yeah, these like little time holes that burn everything in them alive. Yeah, so Colonel Briggs says, you know, I don't like this place, I'll be watching, and then, you know, they all go on their merry way. Well, so now my biggest question yes, is, what, what the hell happened to Walter? What happened to Walter? Yeah, I was wondering that myself. <laughs> so, Walter disappears. In the finale, we, uh, we get a scene where, once again, they're worried about t- time rifts and, mm-hmm. and things going wrong. Jack won't wonders if Walter could be responsible because they compare it to uh, when it happened the first time, which yes. is in the pilot. And um, I can't remember, is it Deacon who says, he says something about Walter's current condition. Yes. So we get sort of a heads up, but not a s- specific uh, explanation of what's going on with him. And right. then when Jack goes over to his house, oh, we do find out he's on house arrest. Yes. And, and his machine's been taken away. It's a different actor who looks remarkably like a young Walter, because Walter apparently cloned himself and Suzanne prior to being murdered. No. He says he cloned Suzanne. He cloned Suzanne. That yeah. has nothing to do with him. He went through the time rift. I he thought... got younger. Yeah. Um, he's a teenager now. And he's in danger of continually reversing... He not his wife as a baby. That makes no sense. No, no, no. Cloned her no. as an adult. Cloned her as an adult. That's as why I didn't say. Let's see, Clint. Well, why would he be younger and she would be the same age? Yeah, he fucked up the cloning. It's like, no. come on, like seriously, on this show, I don't think anything he is himself. possible. They're he not... didn't clone himself. He went through the time rift when the machine exploded that... and came out a different age. Yeah. Here's the real he... question: Is did he do? Did that occur in the real world or only in this parallel timeline that only exists in the finale? Probably Ooh. in both. No, he's been there. We, we missed I, it in the middle. I, I think that he's there. As I well. think he's there too because he's a great character to have around. Apparently, he's their top. It could have potentially guy. because he could have potentially come back. Because we missed a couple things, too, in 2006, before the death of Kim. Right. So it could have potentially happened in both versions. Yeah. I'm assuming he came back, actually did clone his life. Like, I'm assuming that all happened in the real storyline as well, because that's a great I think he showed up as his young self. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Whoa, how did this happen? And he he cloned Susan before... The show started for us, right? No, I think after. I don't know where he got her DNA from. Yeah, and she would have been dead. So here are... Maybe he can do it it with like a shred of DNA. Yeah, you could do it with with the hair hair off her hairbrush, right? You wouldn't need... You can do anything on the show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay, so two questions. One, if you started to regress in age Mm -hmm. every time you left the house... How young would you let yourself get before you would just stop going out? Because 
Walter, he has a device because he's on house arrest that mm-hmm. the, the, age, the regression in his age has stopped. Yes. But if he goes outside, then he will start getting progressively younger. And that's why he doesn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a self-imposed prison because he doesn't want to end up 13 years old with, you know, face full of pimples or whatever. Jesus. So what age, what's the youngest you'd be willing to go <sighs> just youngest? to get outside and get some fresh air? Uh, probably early 20s. I think so, too, yeah. I don't think I could... I don't want to go past that. No. For the rest of your life, you're stuck there? He's 16 in this, which seems like a nightmare. I know. Was he seriously 16? Yeah. They say he's 16. He says he's a teenager. Jesus. Yeah, you might be right. I don't remember if he specified, but either way, it's... uh, He's around that age, yeah. So, yeah, I think I agree. I think even maybe, like, 24. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mid-20s would be fine as well. Um... I don't know, but you don't want to go, obviously, just being in Canada, you don't want to go below 19, because no. you can't do anything. I just, yeah, I just wouldn't want, not want to be an adult again, like, uh, not have control over oh my God. anything at all, or any decision-making power over yourself. But then if you're a minor, I don't know, I don't know. Well, you're thinking about just getting the protection of being a minor. Now I'm just thinking so about, like, having to be responsible for anything financially, if uh, you could stay on the government's, you know, on the dole. I wonder how that works, because <laughs> if you... Say you spend, uh, like, a, a year aging normally up, then can you, like, go outside for a day and age down a little? And well, that's, yeah, I don't think he is aging. Yeah, though. I don't think he is. He's... But, yeah, that would be cool if it could go back and forth oh. so you could uh, get the right balance. But, no, I don't think he's getting older. I think he's, he's just not getting younger. That's bizarre. Yeah, definitely crazy. Um, okay, well, I think we all agree that him and Suzanne would have come back in the actual storylines. Yeah. I, like yes, within in the mid season, yeah, they both would have been returning as yes. characters. We should, I think we've mentioned it, but Bev murders Susan, by right. poisoning her tea, and makes which it was look, very obvious. So, it, oh my like, god, the lingering obvious. shots of her pouring the tea, of her pulling the uh, as yeah. the soon tea as ball they out. went to that scene, it was like this is not important enough if there's nothing happening. Yeah, or but yeah. So in the future with Bev. Because the future isn't the real future, the only real thing she says is when we hear her talking on the phone and she says she doesn't work for the consortium anymore. Mm -hmm. There's also no, like, do you think she's gotten caught? Like, as of 2006, before we spring into the future, does anyone know that Susan didn't commit suicide? And here's my other question. Okay. Once Susan is a clone, does she have Susan's memories? She won't have Susan's memories. It depends. Let's assume that he started making he started baking a clone off in the closet like several months ago for so weird was, reasons we don't want to talk about it's super science you want to have a couple backups on the go in case anything happens That's let's assume that she for the purposes of storytelling she wouldn't know that beverly killed her to keep this consortium stuff secret yeah and i do think that in the finale when Beverly, because we only have one shot of Beverly, and that's yeah, her going, I'm a good person now. Yeah, well, not necessarily a good person. Well, she's no longer helping whoever she, maybe the bad guys are. she's working for the eyes bitter, yeah, exactly. But I feel like this is that was just to show us that this timeline, like, everything's so much better in this timeline. Because in the finale, uh, Zoe is, is valedictorian of her class, and yes. she's like, she loves her dad. But um, when we see her in 2006, she's actually doing the walk of shame and sneaking yeah. into the house first yeah. thing in the morning. Yeah. Me and uh, what else? What else is like? It's an ideal timeline well, because Henry and his wife are together. Henry is running Eureka, and he's from the pilot, probably one of the best people to be doing it. Yes, yeah. Um, and Allison and Jake are Jack. Sorry, I, ugh, Allison and Jack are married, 
and, and she's, uh, pregnant. she's pregnant. They she's probably with twins. Two kids together, right? Kids. One kid each. Yeah, like yeah. everyone seems to be doing pretty well. Well, let's read the synopsis. Somebody else is married. Lupo and Lupo Taggart. and Taggart. That was the craziest oh my god! I don't think they were married. Well, you? no, not married. They Maybe were they were, they were madly in love. They yes. went to the naked beach together. Dance that was pretty sexy. I like that. I would like to think about how. Like, what was their first date like? Yeah. Hunting. They're both gun That's nuts. what I thought. I thought, they, oh, they totally went to the gun range. Yeah. By the way, Taggart, he's, I really like him. Every line he gets is he was That actor is unbelievable. Hilarious. What is his name? So, we find out that Sheriff Bill is actually military. Yes. And Jack gets promoted to the Sheriff's Department of Eureka. Mm-hmm. And that's how the pilot ends. And in a way, like, it isn't technically a promotion job-wise, but it is because he's going to be working for Eureka and he gets a huge pay raise and whatnot. I guess. I mean, he certainly lives in a very nice house in the finale, a house that talks. And I thought it was very interesting because usually in a, well, it's usually in crime shows, but the opposite happens. He gets demoted and (laughs) is sent to this sheriff's town. Nowhere, Bill. Okay, so the... The finale of season one, episode 12, is called Once in a Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Once the in a Lifetime. synopsis is Stark. Stark is given a chance to try the top secret artifact. Once it's tested, Eureka warps into the future and ends up in 2010, where the town is different. And it's very different. It's, you know, night and day different, definitely. So, yeah. Which briefly, briefly, we see the opening. We're in 2006. We have Kim who we haven't met in the pilot, yep. but is uh, married to... To Henry. Henry Deacon. And, and then she's... there's uh, Dr. Stark. Yes. Who we also didn't meet in the pilot. Yeah, no. so very confusing to come into that. They but... are probing the artifact. The artifact is an, an object of unknown properties that is referred to as the artifact. Well, they throughout. eventually call it the... Black box of the Big Bang. Oh my god! Yes. Which I thought was I, really interesting. That's it's, a nice line, but it's it's, it's more vague science. Uh, like, it no. says they say it's the 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 only remaining, um, you know, piece of of what came before the Big Bang. Basically, is what they say it is. Anyways, very strange. Yes. I don't know what that means. So then we see Jack. He arrives at Eureka. He's looking for Nathan Stark, who is supposedly avoiding jury duty. Mm-hmm. Definitely seems like the type. And he has a brief little conversation with Allison. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now 10 episodes later from the pilot, right? 11, 11 episodes, episodes later. Uh, it doesn't seem like their relationship has changed much. Who's, sir? Jack, Jack and Allison. Allison. No. They have a little bit of banter, but you can definitely tell that they're not romantically involved at all, right? Yeah. Um, they get in an elevator. Everything goes wonky. And then, boom, Jack wakes up in bed. Mm-hmm. And Allison is eight eight months pregnant, I would say at least. Mm-hmm. Super pregnant. Yeah. She, and yes. she's in bed with him. And so, no one acknowledges any difference has happened. No, Everyone's nobody no nobody finds it strange at all. It's uh, business as usual. And so we literally only get about two minutes of real world in uh, in this finale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it was an interesting did you guys like the finale? Once I figured out what was happening. I did. I liked I it mean, too, yeah. Yeah, I liked I it. it was interesting. I think it would have meant a lot more to us if we had seen the other 11 episodes, or 10 episodes, because, it, it, like I said before, it felt very, like, fan service. Like, you're getting all these amazing relationships and people that you probably mm-hmm. wanted to get together that 
I mean, we have no idea what the Lupo Taggart situation is. Okay. But in the interim, like if they're friends or if one likes the other or if they have nothing to do with each other and then all of a sudden, boom, they're like in love and it's so great. There's also I mean, the questions. Like we don't know which version we they showed in the in the episodes in between. If it's like Henry changing the future and then them living out this fantasy hmm. in from between the, the episodes from the start, or if it is the 2006 to 2010 where Kim actually does die, I think because, that we saw because yeah. they open it with the artifact and, it and the experiment. With, oh, because occurring. it's only 2006 still. Correct. I feel like so the entire go, season must have taken place in 2006. Yeah, the entire season took place in the normal year, and then at the point where they. Hit the artifact. That's when the jump forward yes, occurs. That's at least that's my interpretation. No, I agree with you. I yeah, think, no, it is. Uh, it is. like, I know Kim definitely shows up in the interim, and she's working there, right? So it's not like she dies in episode two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she dies in episode twelve. Yeah, and then they skip ahead four years into the future. So it's at that point that things would have gone one way or the other. So we don't see any of that. No, really. neither. Neither that version. Was a, that was a good point, though. Is seen, it yeah. makes no sense, but I like that yeah. we talked about it. Uh, so as, as mentioned earlier, Jack's house talks. It's mm-hmm. like a totally, like... Sentient. Sentient house. It's It has a name, Sarah. Yeah. And it like it makes Zoe, like, juice. and The voice of Sarah is provided by the same actor who plays Fargo. Yeah. What? Yeah. That was in the trivia. That's the same guy. Also... I was just noticing this on IMDb when I was looking for the name of an act of Taggart's actor. There's only four actors who appear in all 77 episodes. Ooh. And that's Jack. Allison. Lupo. And Fargo. And oh, Fargo's technically only in 76. But everyone else, it's like 18 episodes. Maybe 30. Mm. I, won't, I don't want to say who's in what. There are a lot of reps in the finale. Like, we get so much information about things that have happened. Sometimes that's, I mean, I guess it's not there for no reason. But, like, the first instance is when Jack talks about how he misses his Jeep. Yes. It was destroyed because he ignored a, like, yield for tornado sign. Mm-hmm. Which is a joke that Allison <laughs> makes about it. Uh, and then, yes, Fargo 911's from Section 5. He said there's some kind of spike in the radiation, and they find a dead body. I have the exact same note, because this episode does so much. It does two things that I think are going to happen a lot in this show, which is where uh, somebody either goes back over a lot of information of what has happened or could have happened. Like when um, Stark comes in to explain the entire time paradox anomaly. Yeah, and why he got fired. Uh, exactly, which I'm assuming was a plot line from a previous. Yeah. No, because again, this is your same point. At the yeah. beginning of this episode, he was it. working there. He so it has to have in been... the interim. It was that yeah, explosion that got him fired, I think. Potentially. I'm wondering um, what... Well, does, I wonder if that means we'll see him at the start of second season, like if it reverts to him still being employed there. Yeah, I don't Interesting. know. Also, they have this thing where... Uh, if they have a problem, some someone will remember a character who has an answer to that. Like, oh, we got this thing. Wait a minute. So-and-so yeah. is researching something for that. That happened with Kim and the DNA because um, they, can't, they can't figure out who the body belongs to. Mm-hmm. And uh, Deacon is claiming that he wants the answer, but we can tell sort of by his behavior. I didn't, that, 
Yeah, I guess. I yes. thought it was him originally, but then they said the body was female. Yes, they yeah. know the body is female. So, of course, in, in the instance that you're talking about, someone's like, oh, Kim's working on this DNA recombination mm-hmm. project. She can totally figure it out. And you can tell Deacon is not happy about that because yeah. he doesn't want to know. The, another thing they referenced in that scene was um, they said it's the same exotic particles as Carl Carlson ah from the Simpsons uh, (laughs) Carl Carlson and Lenny breached artifact containment chamber so who do we think Carl Carlson is and why do you think he breached the artifact containment chamber um I'm guessing he is a character that is no longer with us based on the way they talk about him uh probably from the artifact I would say even maybe from the last episode maybe from two episodes ago Right. Because the artifact can't be... Do you think that's a season arc? It feels like they're just starting to explore it. Like, they're doing their first tests on it in this episode. I feel like... I never completely understood what they were trying to do to it. Neither did I. But I don't think it really matters They're trying to open the black box. Anyways, yeah. So that was... We get a mention of Carl Carlson. He's not in uh, the pilot or in the finale. Mm -hmm. And all we know is that he breached the artifact containment chamber. Um, so they, they decide that the body has come from the artifact. That's what they think. Uh, something like that. They think that, they think that, uh, yeah, they, that's, and that's when they start to suspect that it's a, it's a time paradox. Right. So then the yeah. Jeep that Jack was just complaining about missing magically shows up with, uh, 2007 parking tags on it. So I think that's when they start to realize that they're having time problems again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I like I like that there's time problems. Um, like I said, because it calls back to the the pilot, which I like to see in finales. But also because it sets up that nothing is stable in this world, and that that anything can happen. Yeah, their whole, can change all their the rules. Definitely. So that's when uh, Jack starts looking for suspects, people who have access to Section Five and the knowledge to create uh, such a time disturbance, and he only has uh, two suspects, Nathan Stark, who mm-hmm. we find out has been gone for four years, so basically he's been gone since the time of the explosion. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and Henry, so... But he survived. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. How come he didn't explode? He was very close to her. Yeah, he wasn't that far away. And we find out again, almost at the end of this episode... That Beverly put like a weird chip in his neck. Yeah, yes, a controlling mind control type chip. I'm not sure because at first I thought she was controlling him, but then she mentions that it was like a, a like a recording device because uh, now they know what threat they're dealing with or what they're dealing or with, what they what the artifact is or where they have it. I don't know. So I, I'm not sure if he was sort of evil on his own uh, or just cut, like he says that he cut corners. That he was trying to push the research forward when right. it wasn't necessarily safe, or if she was just using him as like a walking, talking recording device so that she could see what was going on inside there. Maybe a little of both. Uh, so Henry admits that uh, the body it does belong to Kim, mm-hmm. who is weirdly standing right there, mm-hmm. and he admits that he went back in time. And stopped her from dying in the explosion that yep. we see at the beginning of the episode. This is a, I wrote the quote down again, which is another one of the, the longer ones, but I'll mm-hmm. read it. Please. Uh, he changed history by creating a, he created a paradox, an alternate timeline with a different outcome. Two intersecting realities colliding. 
competing for the same space-time continuum. Mm -hmm. They are living in the wrong timeline. Things <laughs> could get worse or equalize. It's very fringe. If yeah. you ever watch Fringe, it's multiple timelines, multiple universes sort of kind of taking over each other's space, which causes a lot of damage and yeah. destruction. Uh, so, I mean, time jumps always confuse me. It's like when he finally goes back in the end to stop Henry from saving Kim, mm -hmm. they say something about how, like, he's just going back in his mind. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but then once he's back there, oh. he remembers the alternate timeline, and, like, I guess once that happens, where he came from would cease to exist, so all of those people would be gone. Yes. But, like, I, 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 I can never understand that. why I there's not two that. people. Okay, what, what's happening is, I mean, the, the problem with, with time travel is that in order to to surpass the speed of light to travel backwards in time, which is what they're saying tachyons are able to do, uh, I mean, your mass would have to be less than zero. So transporting your physical shape back or forward through time would be impossible, right? But um, that, or at least that's what they say in the show. But they would be capable of, for whatever reason, transporting your consciousness. So they basically just transported Henry into past Henry or... Jack into past Jack, I should say. Right. So basically, it's so he retains memory his of the events. consciousness yeah. from the future mm -hmm. stays in his past. But what happened to the consciousness of him that was already there in the past? Yes, they merge. It's the same person. I guess. It's just some. It's all. All it means is he has like an additional two days of memories from a totally different timeline. Two so days. Like, well, how much time do they spend there? Because we just jumped four years yeah, ahead. it wasn't like we don't, day. But he would still remember. He still has the memories years. of those four years. He probably has the, all the memories. Let's assume, okay, well, like, even assume. if he does. Like, let's assume he's got four years of memories of that. Yeah. So it's basically like he just lived four years of his life and then jumped back in four, into his four years younger body with all these memories. They would eventually get and, overwritten. You start yeah. to forget, right? The thing that the stuff that didn't happen, but it would be weird because eventually you'd have memories. Sometimes you'd have memories of stuff that didn't really happen, mm -hmm. and that everybody else doesn't remember them anymore. It would be, be like really memories weird. of a dream, and it's that's my main reason for thinking that their relationship would not have worked out. Allison, Allison and, and Jack, because he, oh, I yeah, he is. It's potential. He's, he's nicer to her than he is to Joe, to Deputy Joe. But he knows. He knows everything about their relationship, and I feel like trying to recreate it authentically is not possible. Well, like, yeah, let's maybe. talk about that a little more. He, at the he end, knows but... everything she likes after four years. She, he knows her like like a book. Maybe. Yeah, he might have a better chance at, at, and maybe that's the reason she does end up falling for him is because he knows her better than she ever let him get to know her. So then there's a massive tornado in the town. <laughs> of there's course. There's a lot of death and destruction. The same and I believe what happens is the tornado that he lost the Jeep to yeah. gets tele yes. it like comes through this time warp or whatever yes. and jumps like basically just lands in After town. After the Jeep. Uh, we see super Beverly's using that. some kind of like mind whammy to get information out of Fargo. Yeah. So even oh, in she the future when she's not working for the quote unquote consortium. Mm -hmm. She's still up to no good. Yeah, she's she's a power player. She wants information. Yes, definitely. I want her, I want her little hypnotism jewel, though. She's, so, like, holding up that little glowing rock. I know. It was mm. like, she just gets any kind of information she wants. And I'm like, now you're not going to remember that this ever happened. And that is why I will never be able to be hypnotized. Oh. <laughs> Something like that. That was a good Maybe line. Maybe next yeah. time, Fargo. Yeah. Maybe next so, time. So, 
I don't know how you guys felt, but in the finale, it felt like there was sort of a weird triangle vibe going on between Alice and Jack and Dr. Stark. Absolutely. Okay, good. I thought I was maybe a little crazy there, but it seemed like he definitely had a crush on Allison. Yeah. I mean, she was super pretty, so I get why everybody likes her. But, uh, yeah, definitely got some vibes there between them. So, yeah, it would be interesting. Maybe he does stick around in season two. And it's sort of, I mean, it, it would, right? It yeah. reverts backwards to, to the point where we left off at the very beginning of the finale. But he's got a little more empathy. Like, he, he's nice to his daughter well, when we'll she comes in how, late. How exploded he is. I yeah. have another yeah. question now. Yeah, okay. And um, how would Henry have stopped the accident? Like, he can't just burst in there and stop it and say, it's like, oh, this isn't going to work. I don't think he did stop the accident. I think he pulled her out. out? I think he stopped her from dying in That's the it. accident. Yes. Okay. That, at least that was my opinion. That's what I got. Yeah. Because I feel like... Stop Kim from dying. Um, yeah. The... What's his name? And Nathan as well. And Nathan as Stark well. Stark gets fired. Right? Because yeah. that happens. But Kim doesn't die. So I think he probably, like, drags him out of there before they get killed. Yeah. So okay. things more... Things actually... The, the current... The real timeline actually comes a little bit closer to the timeline we saw. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean... <laughs> now we're in a third timeline. It's like a mixture of the two, almost. It's not neither the first... It was really sad when Allison and Jack were saying goodbye to each other. They yes. know that Jack's being sent back to the past to stop uh, stop Deacon from saving Kim and mm-hmm. put them back right on the time the right timeline, which basically means they are going to lose their family. And it it is like it was rough. I thought that was a tough scene. Oh, but then the line he says the line half. There's no way we we don't end up together. Yeah, that's another thing that he says. There's no world in where we don't have. Yeah, to that's so just have a little. That faith. was good. And, well, both of those. He wakes up back in 2006, like we said already, Zoe's coming in first thing in the morning. And he hugs her immediately. And he's so happy to see her and excited, and she is so shocked that he's not (laughs) flipping out. And that's a really cute relationship that made me want to see more between them. Something we skipped over completely in the pilot is when they're driving and they're passed by themselves. Oh, yeah! Oh, my goodness, I forgot. Well, there's... I want to talk about one thing on that because they're as they're driving into Eureka, they pass a car. They pass the car they're driving in. It's the same car. Yes, and, and it's them in it. And Zoe's the only one who sees. Jack and isn't she see. waving? Yeah, the, other the, Zoe? the doppelganger yes. Zoe waves at her as they pass, and that never comes up in either episode. No, well, it doesn't. It's never resolved. I think it was resolved. I think the whole point is that the, there's like weird time shifts going on, right? So they're coming in and going out at the I same time. I think I read somewhere, I think it may have been the trivia, but it said that it's them leaving town in yeah. like t- uh, two days or three days later. That's what I think. When but they're passing we, each other, it's them do leaving. Do we see that happen? Like, do we see it from the other perspective? No, no. It's implied because we briefly see him back in his real office right. in a regular suit before he gets sent back. So they obviously left Eureka, went to L.A., and was like, and can you imagine what Zoe, Mm -hmm. Zoe would be so mad. Like, what do you mean we're going back to that place? Yeah. Well, even more important in that scene than the clone car that we don't see again, really, is that's Lojack's first appearance. It is, yeah. Lojack, the hyper-intelligent dog that wanders around town. right before the accident happens. Yeah, yeah, Lojack runs across the road in the middle of the night, and it spooks Jack, and he drives off. Lojack brought them to town. Lojack is the one playing everyone, and 
like this is maybe why Taggart's hunting him. We later see that uh, Lojack has a relationship with the, the sheriff. sheriff. The sheriff lets him into the house and says, "Now you can have whatever you want from the fridge, but don't eat my sandwich." Yeah, and then Lojack he eats, eats the, the sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, and but the sandwich gets devoured into the liquid. Yeah, and Lojack is smart enough to run away from the temporal disturbances. But then and he, he runs right out the window. He also he causes them to run off the road a second time. Yes. And then... Do they run off again there, or do they just... He doesn't swerve? run off the road. He I think they swerve around. around. He almost hits him. He almost again. hits him. But then after he gets out of the car, Jack gets out of the car after the second time, and Lojack runs off into the woods, and uh, Jack says another stupid line where he goes like... Um, all right, let's see what you people are hiding. As if he knows that this dog is going to lead him to a bunch of I, secrets. It's just yes, walking into the, the woods. But he does. He, he follows does. the dog, and that's when he finds the crop circles. He finds the crop... So Lojack is the smartest person in town. Yeah. Clearly. And we don't see him in the finale, do we? I know. I was furious. He was going to be my number one recommendation for why to watch more of this show. Lojack? For, yeah, for the intelligent he dog. great. I liked him a lot. I liked all the smart kids, too. I thought they were cool. They were cool. They were yeah. cool. Okay, so, uh, donut questions, or is there anything else in the finale that you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, oh, there was that one thing that, that I wasn't sure of. It was the end, the conversation Beverly was having with the, the computer person. Yes, at the very end of the finale, Beverly is talking to the consortium through the computer. That's what it was. It's sort of like a Skype, weird Skype call, but you can't see who she's talking to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I didn't take any detailed notes. I just said Beverly gets her orders. I don't think we knew we can well, figure here's, out anything. I, um, I've got well, something for this. Okay. Good. Okay. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but um, there's a shot of Stark in his office before he's called back to Eureka to help with the problem in the finale. Yes. And he, it's very silly because he's obviously green screened and there's um, the San the Francisco, Golden the Golden Bridge. Green Bridge behind him with traffic. It's very funny, but um, there's a weird lingering shot of his phone. And this show does not do lingering shots unless it means something. Yeah. And it's clearly a Cisco Systems phone. Then when Beverly is talking to the consortium later, it's also a Cisco Systems thing. I wrote so, it down as Cisco Computer, but I did not notice the phone. So I'm wondering if there's a connection. I don't like it. Maybe. Cisco is a, a big, real company. I don't yeah. see why that would be important here. It might also be that they have a, uh, like, Products placement. Very Stark likely, wasn't but overly it's, trustworthy. To but it's me the only on places note. we see the Cisco thing, which is what we're, he's not. He's not overly trustworthy. Yeah, no, he's he, not. He comes across as very creepy. To me, he's like an evil Tony Stark. Yeah. Feels like uh, maybe like a collection of foreign governments that mm-hmm. are like working together to get this like American technology. Yes, I could see that. That's what my guess would be. The consortium is, or maybe like an oligarchy, like a group of companies who want to exploit it for their own use for financial gain. That it can also be true. It could be like a corporate espionage. It would make sense because Stark is uh, he because he owns Stark Industrial or something. What was the name of his company? Stark's. Stark Industrial. It is Stark it Industrial. Is, I'm pretty sure. Hold on. When we cut yeah, to him, he's Stark Industries. There's like a Stark a, Industries. Stark Industries. There's an establishing shot of his building. Oh, gotcha. I didn't so, notice. Yeah. Clearly, at some point during the, the middle of our donut, he was brought... Like, he has his own established business, but he's brought into Eureka to help manage things there. Yes, I guess so. Well, I mean, they have a lot of... Um, they they lose Dr. Warren, Dr. King, Professor yeah. King. There's also uh, a man named James. That brief... No, Jason. Sorry. Jason briefly gets mentioned... Uh, he was Kim's husband. They mm-hmm. came to Eureka together, and then he was also sort of 
um, brought in to help and they find out he's a fraud as well. I just looked him up because um, Warren Henry, sorry, Henry was like, I almost lost you to Jason. And I was like, who's Jason? So somewhere Um, in 2006 then, I mean, things move crazy fast in the show, like, like relationship beats happen in the course of minutes. Yeah. So that means that Kim came to town with her husband, discovered the husband was a fraud, uh, some life or death situation there. She's probably fallen in love with Henry in the yeah. meantime. So over the course of a year, if this is all first season, she falls in love with a new guy, leaves her husband who turns out to be evil, uh, yeah. marries this new guy. That's a lot to happen for even one character. Definitely. Oh, and then she dies. And then she dies, but only a little. Yeah. Because she comes back. She got yeah. better. And then she dies again. And she, oh, she dies again. And she dies a brutal death. Yeah. Fused <laughs> into does. a wall, my The you. body is horrific. It's like you rinsing and like, pain. seeing that and then like, realizing it's you. Not trying to like stop it from happening. Oh. Actually encouraging people to allow that to happen to you. We have to do it. Yikes. Okay, yeah, well, I think that's pretty good. Uh, we covered everything uh, that I can think of. The show was pretty cool. It was definitely an interesting donut. It's an interesting show. It's got. I definitely enjoyed watching it. I, yeah, you know what? I would say I enjoyed watching it. It's got a bunch of cool stuff. Um, we didn't talk about this, but they have a few montages in the pilot where they're just showing off their oh, yeah. special effects budget. Yeah. But number one, he's driving through town. Jack's driving through town in a solar car, and this is when he's first noticing how weird all the residents are. He looks out the window, and there's a couple of mad scientists, like bald guys in Global Dynamics lab coats, uh, just staring at him. Then out the next window, it's a woman making uh, pyramid, like bubbles that are pyramids, and then like, like gathering cool. them into her hands. And then the third one was four bald clones all playing chess together outside of a barber shop. Yeah, those four guys were creepy. And they were there, there was two of them at the accident. They're the ones that crash into the truck. They crash into the Jeep when it reappears. And I love that... They look uh, like death. It's terrifying. But I like that they finish Mm. each other's dialogue. I don't know, next guy, what happened? We were just driving back to the first guy, and it was just there. It's... uh, it was I like cool. Them. I thought there were, uh, even the opening credits, uh, we didn't see them, I don't think, in the pilot, but in the finale, it was really cool. And it got to show, like, there was, like, a lawnmower that's, like, burning the grass off instead of cutting it. <laughs> like, yeah. weird stuff like that. The opening. They, they showed the kids drawing the equations on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a totally funny moment where they brought Kevin in to solve the equation in the pilot, and he's staring at it on the blackboard, and he's just staring at it and just staring at it, and finally Jack, like, rips the blackboard off the wall and puts it on the ground, and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, now I can figure it Suddenly out. Suddenly he gets it. Because it's, like, a different perspective. Yeah. It's, and that's that's what the whole show is about. Like, Jack's advantage was, is that he has a different perspective from everyone in he town. Was, he was writing the equations on the sidewalk when he first met him, too, which was yeah. why. Has every single show we've watched so far been, like, a fish out of water, like, introduced to the new... Like, have we seen one show that wasn't... Ja- 24. Rome, I guess. 24 and Rome. You're right. 24 is, is kind of his established life. But Call yeah. the Midwife, definitely fish out of water. Greek, rusty, fish out Greek. of water. Six, uh, six, six degrees? degrees? No. no, you're right. That one wouldn't have been fish out of water. Well, it was, but, there, but we're also following... It's like an ensemble one, so we're, any of the people were following a fish out of water in that. Well, they were all getting to know each other, I guess. Yeah. They were, but they weren't. Their universe wasn't really changing around them. No. Well, they were all. They were, yeah. all, they were all in the world that they came from. Anyway. So okay, so before we pick our next show, yes, we just want to say briefly that we we did a little bit of a goof on our last episode oh, of Greek. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all claimed wholeheartedly <laughs> that there there is. 
no Greek system in Canada, which is not That's true. That's so stupid. There is a Greek we system. We are literally 10 minutes away from UBC, where we are sitting right now, where there's an entire Greek row, I've been told. Yeah. I've never seen it, but uh, it, obviously the Greek system is not as prevalent in Canada as it is in the U.S., but it does exist, so... We're sorry. We said it didn't. We're we're sorry. <laughs> it's probably not. <laughs> I'm yes, not I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, there we it's go. probably not the first thing we've said that's not a hundred percent true, but uh, it's certainly we, the most. Obvious. When we find out that we have uh, said things that are lies, we will tell you. So if we told we you any lies, let us know. We don't mean to lie to you. We'll we want all truth all the time on TV Donut. Okay, guys, pick your next numbers. Um, Hold on, let's see. It's between 1 and 1,022, and they are now arranged by network. I'm going by 1,012. Okay, 1,012. Did you just see it? No, I didn't, but it, no. Okay, I'm going to pick one nearby to make this easier on you. I'm going to go with 966. Also, 966. While Hannah's doing that, Saskia, did you notice that they had like three or four segues in Eureka, and they put them in as many shots as they could. I, there were constantly people riding around on segways, oh but the God. most they ever had at once was like three, maybe four. I don't think I did. <laughs> yeah, even uh, Fargo's riding one at one point, and Warren says, okay, now stay here, and then he just slowly yeah, segues like, away, he like backs out. Do, do, do. Yeah, Very segways silly. must have been pretty great back then. Okay, <laughs> They're so the most futuristic thing they could think of. Uh, 966 is an animated show, only Ooh. 11 minutes, called Frisky Dingo. Frisky Dingo! Do you know that one? Uh, are you familiar with Archer? Yes, of this course. This is his you, uh, first you, show. You know we're familiar with yeah. Archer. Both of us. Are you familiar with Archer? Well, yeah, but for our for our listeners, they're both familiar with Archer. Yes. This is uh, Adam Reed's first or second show, maybe after Sea Lab 2021. It's amazing. Okay. Super bizarre. Because the other one, the one that Saskia chose, is a show called Youngers. It's Youngers. a comedy. So I think we should go with Frisky Dingo. We haven't watched an animated show yet. No. And we've never done an 11-minute show. And I think we should we should genre. maybe watch the I first mean, two and the last two. Why absolutely. Not? Make it? Well, yeah. look, see how many are in the, the first season. But yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm okay, excited. well, thank you so much for listening. Please tune in uh, in two weeks for Frisky Dingo. Um, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to check us out on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, blah, blah, blah. Eureka! You can Eureka. probably just open any page and you'll you'll find it. Just open just open Netscape. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And leave your 